Springfield's News and Talk. Now it's time for Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. All right, a lot to get to with an hour and 40-minute meeting last night. Much different than the 16-minute meeting they had the week before for the Committee of the Whole. And that's because, well, they had some things to discuss, including a presentation last night, several presentations, one dealing with cannabis businesses and the setbacks for infusion, dispensary, cultivation, transportation. Uh, So we'll hear from an official about uh, all of the different setbacks and the debate surrounding that. Also, uh, ordinances that uh, were up for consideration, one of them a TIF agreement for some residential units in downtown Springfield, and several measures on emergency passage dealing with Illinois uh, Springfield police and uh, having to uh, comply with uh, the body camera stuff uh, that Illinois state law has in the Safety Act. So uh, we'll get to all of that, but Alderman Chuck Redpath wanted to take a moment at the beginning of the meeting to remember some community members that have recently passed away. I'd like to take uh, a few minutes to ask for a moment of silence for two individuals who just passed away this past week. Um, the first one is uh, Sam Montabano, and um, Sam was an outstanding public servant who served on the city, on the county board for over 30 years. I'm sure the mayor probably served with him back in those days, and um, he was an army veteran serving in Korea, and he was a member of the Little Flower Church, of which I'm a member. He uh, he was really extraordinary as far as the way he helped and served the community. Um, he always was working for veterans issues, and he was a member of the Inter- Veterans Council, which he also was a member of the Burial Honor Guard, which he served for, for decades. Uh, Sam was uh, always involved in a lot of charity organizations with uh, Friend Indeed and and things of that such, and he 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 did a lot of uh, of good things for the city. He uh, he revitalized the Veterans Day parade uh, years back to bring it back to where it is today, as it when it fell off uh, of of uh, prominence. So he served uh, his family, he served his friends and his community very well, and he's and he's never turned away anybody. And for those of us from the Little Flower Men's Club, Little Flower Community. Um, we uh, today was his funeral. Mayor uh, and I attended that, and I can tell you that um, he will be extremely missed. And uh, Red Path also uh, wanting to take a moment of silence for another individual who recently passed away. And Dick Austin was the Sangamon County Chairman, uh, County Board Chairman for several years. Uh, he was uh, also uh, the administrator for the Federal General Services Administration under President Reagan. And he served in that capacity, which which oversaw an $8 billion budget and 20,000 employees. He's also a veteran, a decorated Marine veteran from the, from the Vietnam War. And, he, and after that, he, he served as the Adjutant General for the Illinois National Guard as a Major General. Um, so with that, I'd like to ask for a moment of silence for those two individuals. Very close community oriented people who served our community well.
and I think it's important to um, uh, respect that uh, that moment of silence. Uh, so uh, good to, uh, good to start the meeting by remembering people who served the community and this country in a variety of ways. Um, next up, we've got uh, an inspector general report from uh, the Springfield City Inspector General. With uh, Roger Holmes, please. So uh, we'll hear from uh, Roger Holmes about uh, a variety of different cases that he had to investigate first up. Let's hear it. I was contacted by a complainant who I interviewed in person regarding uh, an issue that she lives near a Springfield Aller person uh, on a one-way street that has parking only on complainant side of the street. Complainant stated that the alderman's lawn service would block her driveway while servicing the alderman's lawn. Additionally, complainant states that the alderman's guests park in such a way as to block her driveway. Complainant further stated that the alderman addressed complainant's spouse in a disrespectful manner. I was shown a photo of the alleged incident of blocking, which did minimally block a portion of complainant's driveway. And uh, some other details about this uh, kind of fingers pointing back and forth from a constituent to their older person. I discussed the matter by telephone with the alderman in question, who denied the allegations and stated that the complainant's spouse had addressed the alderman using vulgar language. Uh, being a private matter, I am closing this investigation <laughs> with no recommendation for further action. Yeah, I, you can definitely see how uh, the Inspector General has to deal with a lot of different types of allegations and how do you uh, tread those waters. Here's case number two. Uh, I received a complaint from a city employee that a co-worker who was a night watchman was operating a personal business while on city time. I conducted an in-person interview with the complainant and we discussed the complainant's right to remain anonymous. I discussed the matter with city supervisor who had ultimate authority over the behavior of the employee allegedly conducting personal business on city time. Supervisor was very cooperative but stated that due to union grievance procedures, it would be difficult to pursue this matter without the disclosure and cooperation of complainant as an eyewitness. I contacted complainant with that information and stated that complainant wished to proceed to come forward uh, with an action against respondent. It would be much more likely to succeed. I asked the complainant to think about that option. I have not heard from complainant again. The employee allegedly running the business at night as a night watchman now has a day shift non-watchman position at this facility. So moving on, uh, how about case number three from Inspector General Holmes? Do, 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 Inspector Gadget. I received an anonymous email complaint regarding a question of the city clerk awarding two employees raises in excess of 5%. Complainant did not make themselves available for an in-person interview. I conducted an extensive interview with city clerk Lesko regarding the issue raised by the anonymous complainant. Mr. Lesko explained that this was not a situation of a pay raise, but instead through negotiations with AFSCME Local 3738, it was a job reclassification. And uh, he lays out some of the classification and the additional responsibilities, which were <laughs> rather great, uh, especially the, the responsibility of having to be on call 24-7. The two new positions require that the employees take home their work laptop to ensure 24-7 access, which is protection particularly helpful to funeral directors. 
There will now be two trained FOIA officers rather than a previous single position. Mr. Lasko stated he will still have a budget uh, personnel budget surplus even after the job reclassification. So he ultimately uh, went ahead and closed that investigation out with no recommendations. How about case number four from Inspector Holmes? I was contacted by a complainant who later attended an in-person interview. Complainant was concerned that he was treated rudely by a city employee and described his experience to me. Based upon the situation, it appears that the employee was acting zealously in performing employee's job duties, but may have been overly zealous. I contacted the employee's supervisor and learned that the employee has taken a position in state government and is no longer on the city of Springfield payroll. Therefore, respondent was deprived of the opportunity to respond to the allegations. For these reasons, this investigation is closed with no further action being taken. However, this situation should serve as a reminder to all employees and elected officials that their conduct represents the city of Springfield and that all whom they come in contact with should be treated respectfully. Yeah, because it's the taxpayers that are paying your salary. The taxpayers don't work for you, public employees. You work for the taxpayers. So treat them with respect. It's pretty simple. Um, Inspector Holmes also uh, has a final case here, number five. I was contacted by email by a complainant who was concerned that City Water, Light, and Power allowed the Wyndham Hotel to incur a bill for utility services in excess of $1 million without collection action being taken when other citizens of Springfield were subject to collection actions. Soon after receiving the complaint, I was advised by the mayor's office that the Wyndham utility bill had been paid in full by wire transfer. And he also laid out that uh, the Wyndham had been a uh, place for individuals to be quarantined during the pandemic. And there's also an emergency radio tower at the top of the Wyndham that if the power was shut off to the Wyndham, then uh, probably knock out that communications for emergency purposes. So they went ahead and uh, then everything was settled there. So that's uh, an overview of the inspector general. Uh, files uh, in a presentation to Springfield Alderman. Uh, last night at uh, the Springfield City Council, it is the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch. Don't forget about deliveries. Head West Subs. Coming up, we'll hear about cannabis businesses and the different setbacks there are. So stay tuned on the way. 7 WMAY. Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. And we're going to deviate just a little bit from the council meeting last night. But still, after the inspector general reports on five different instances, they investigated. But I just got in a overview of an investigation into former Springfield police officer Aaron Nichols. And uh, this is from the Sangamon County State's Attorney's Office with an independent assessment of an internal review of Nichols's um, behavior. Uh, so I wanted to add this uh, to the council roundup. Uh, here's just a, a little bit of a uh, initial paragraph uh, during the first week of April 2022. Sangamon County State's Attorney Dan Wright was informed of hateful and inappropriate social media statements by former Springfield Police Officer Aaron Nichols, which related to Jewish, Black, and LGBTQ persons. Springfield Police Department promptly began an internal investigation, which is detailed in Springfield Police Department 
Department's Chief Ken Scarlett's first report. Uh, and uh, they went down and, and investigated this further. Now, I'm just going to go to the conclusions here. It says, following completion of my comprehensive evaluation of the internal review process and all available SPD records, I found no evidence of criminal conduct or professional misconduct by Nichols in the performance of his law enforcement duties. Now, uh, again, there were concerns that if he had these uh, sentiments he was sharing of um, disparaging comments of individuals on social media, did that play into how he handled his law enforcement duties? Back to the conclusion here, it says that... um, I found no evidence of criminal conduct or professional misconduct by Nichols in the performance of his law enforcement duties. I further concluded that the state's attorney, Dan Wright's response to the incident was not only swift and comprehensive, but went above and beyond under difficult circumstances to ensure an internal review worthy of the public's trust and confidence. And again, this is an independent review of state's attorney Dan Wright's review of the uh, the former Springfield police officer. Uh, the conclusion goes on to say he quickly and publicly denounced Nichols' statements and drew upon pre-existing relationships with a diverse group of stakeholders in a proactive and transparent manner. State's attorney Wright clearly communicated his plans for an internal review of Nichols' conduct to determine whether his views regarding Jewish, black, and LGBTQ persons had any impact upon the performance of his official duties and any prosecution undertaken by the state's attorney's office. On, upon completion of the state's attorney's internal review, his findings were made a part of the SPD chief's final report and released to the public. Uh, I concur with uh, Dr. Uh, Barich of the Global Project Against Hate and Extremism that the proactive, collaborative, thorough, and transparent review process implemented by the state Attorney's Office and the SPD is a model of best practices in response to exposure of Nichols's racist, anti-Semitic, and anti-LGBTQ social media statements. So uh, that was issued yesterday uh, by uh, Sylvester E. Bush, an independent uh, reviewer of the uh, the case. So kind of fascinating. Just wanted to add that. That's just in today, uh, showing that uh, the independent investigation, uh, there was no uh, impropriety uh, of the former police officer's conduct when it comes to criminal cases, despite him uh, posting um, in- inflammatory comments on social media about uh, uh, variety of different individuals. All right, coming back, let's talk about cannabis setbacks. A lot to tackle there with uh, an official talking about, uh, well, distances from residences and parks and daycare centers and different types of cannabis businesses there are. Plus, emergency... 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Last night's meeting, about an hour and 40 minutes, and they had several presentations. We heard from the Inspector General. But now let's hear uh, from a city official concerning a presentation. Next, we have uh, Molly Burns from the Springfield Sangamon County Regional Planning Commission. And Molly gets up there to talk about cannabis businesses and the various setbacks that there are. And then you can just read from the list what the, what it's required for a uh, cultivation center is 1,500 feet. From a uh, infuser and processor, it's 2,500 feet. 
and from a transporter, it's 1,500 feet. So there are quite some significant distances there. And she talks about the different zones that have been set up in Springfield and could cause some problems. Now, my very favorite one is the main gate of the state fairgrounds. And the distances that there are. And she gave examples of, you know, walking out of the city hall and then you go 500 feet and you're at this place. You go into 1,500 feet, you're at that place. But I think it really, for everybody, um, you know, think about the state fairgrounds, she said. Think about the state fairgrounds. She lays out some of the distances. Now, my very favorite one is the main gate of the state fairgrounds. And if you're walking in the state fairgrounds, it's 250 feet to Happy Hollow's old entrance. Right. It's 500 feet to the Milkshake Shack. Interesting. And it's 1,000 feet to the Coliseum, and it's 1,500 feet to the Grandstand. Wow. So when you're thinking about leaving the front gate and going to the Grandstand, that's quite a long distance. That is also the same distance that you would have to be to be a infuser wow. from a park. Wow. Huh. Or from a resident. So think of that. You got to... It goes from the, the main gate all the way to the grandstand. That's how far you have to be uh, if you're an infuser from setting up near a park or a residence. That's quite a distance. Uh, but the different zones that are set up, she said, uh, are interesting as well and how the city uh, evolves. So you say, how do we get like this? Well, the first way we got like this by the, through the zoning and not necessarily being consistent with following the city plan that designates areas for businesses. This is a, for industrial. We allow things to creep in. That's called spot zoning. Spot zoning is not really defined in zoning law. It's a term of art, shall we say. And basically, it's allowing a property owner to rezone a property to be given a benefit that no one else in their immediate area would be given. So it's it's earmarked as a little piece at a little spot of zoning that is not necessarily consistent with the rest of the area around it. Right, and uh, we hear it all the time with uh, zoning changes, and they can be one-off and unique and independent from the plan uh, that city has, and that creates all these little special zones. Uh, but what's next uh, as far as uh, the information older people need? The, the council can make a decision that, in fact, you're okay with limiting the number of cannabis businesses from growing in the city of Springfield. You could just say, you know what, we're good with that. We're fine. The other thing you could do is change the setbacks. If you take a little bit of time to study this very large sheet, there are numbers that pop off the page at me. And this is one of the reasons why my staff and I like doing this kind of research, because when you put it in a spreadsheet, it's like, well, that's pretty obvious. And she looked at a variety of different comparable cities and the different setbacks they have in their ordinances for uh, different types of businesses. Alderman Hanauer sounding off on uh, what they're hearing here. Maybe 1,000 feet. I don't know, 500 or 1,000 feet and, and do something where... If, if there's a divided highway there or, you know, we put some language in, I don't know. I think that would work in 90% of the cases. So uh, you got to think of all kinds of different factors involved, including whether there's a divided highway between uh, a proposed cannabis business and a residence. Uh, the, as the crow flies there might not necessarily be appropriate because you got a flipping highway in the middle of it. Uh, Alderman Sean Gregory sounding off. I'm not advocating for it to be next door to anyone's houses, church or daycare, but I do think there's some spots, and you know, I'm very, very keen on, on the variance section because I do think there's some spots, not only where you're talking about, uh, Mr. Hanauer, but um, out on the north side, there's, there's another situation, a commercial building out there, and guess what? It's got four lanes of highway um, and some distance before it even reaches the house, but it's out because of these, these uh, 
these guidelines. So we have some opportunity here. Yeah, some opportunity to, to attract businesses by allowing them to actually set up, um, even if it's within a certain distance from uh, residents or elsewhere. Alderman Redpath? The most important thing is, is that we want to protect our residential, our sensitive areas like parks, schools, and churches. And if we can come up with a, a opportunity to change that with a, with variances, I could vote for a variance if, if some individual brought something to the city council and said, look, this is the parameters of this thing, and this is how this is going, and we're not close to this kind of thing in an area, I could vote for it. So he's talking again about doing kind of one-off uh, approaches uh, on uh, these various proposed cannabis businesses. Uh, Molly, with the, uh, the, 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 the overview here in the present she talked about things to, uh, to think about moving forward. Things that people were anticipating in terms of smell, negative impact, all those kinds of things. Did those really come to fruition? In, in your research, have you... Alderman Devlin. In particular, in your research for the, gra- the craft growers and the uh, uh, cultivation infusion uh, uh, facilities, what have been the issues? The issues... Um, <laughs> Primarily, I've been at the political era, you know, the political level, getting them cited more yeah. than anything. So, yeah. It's not necessarily the smell of things. It's the politics of things. Uh, so interesting to hear that. Uh, more from Molly. The cultivation center requires a lot of water. They're very large by, enlar- by, by nature. They have different ventilation systems and those kinds of things. So looking at how that is different from a craft grower, which is very smaller scale, more enclosed area, less opportunity for um, odors and, and aromas to escape versus an infuser where, where it is coming in on an oil level. And there's not really much indication that... That particular operation's an infuser. It's not, uh, you know, bright flashing lights saying, hey, we infuse weed here. No, it's not not like that. Uh, But that whole idea of uh, people in their apprehension, Alderman Williams pushing back on that, saying we need to get over this boogeyman mentality, he says. Empty buildings. Buildings that could be utilized that are still sitting empty because of the boogeyman, because we don't understand. So I want the education. I want studies like this, because what happens when we don't, we lose them to other towns, to the Lincolns, and to, they read Danville's. My, these are my constituents who had the licenses that moved. And they go to other jurisdictions, and those jurisdictions reap the benefits. He says we need more information like what Molly was presenting are educating ourselves and our public so that we can finally do something because if we don't I see on here Southern View already. I, I, I imagine we'll see Grandview. We'll see some of these surrounding communities beat us to the punch because we're playing boogeyman. Yeah. Uh, so interesting to hear that presentation and some of the uh, older people's response to it. Uh, next up, let's hear what's on the docket. Agreement with Acre Company LLC for financial assistance for the property located at 526 East Adams Street and for Old State Capital Plaza utilizing Central Il- areas tax increment finance funds through the office of planning and economic development for an amount not to exceed five hundred sixty two thousand one hundred forty dollars so a tiff agreement for some residential rehabs of sorts alderwoman purchase said that she wanted to hold this because there were some unanswered questions she needed clarified uh, but the developer was there to answer some of those questions um, my name is aaron acree and i'm uh, the owner of acree company llc i'm uh currently owner of the uh, building that was stated earlier 
It is a uh, building that is uh, currently inhabitable, both the business and residential. Uh, about three years ago, actually, the building uh, roof collapsed, and um, we have since uh, rebuilt that and reframed all the floors. So the building is uh, structurally sound, but it still is in dire need of uh, completely reconstructed. So uh, a lot of money going to be put into that, and he talks about the cash. The cost with prevailing wage to reconstruct the building, uh, to bring it up to city code, uh, we have a, a bid of $1.7 million. The uh, building has been appraised, and appraises with all the um, updates uh, at $1.1 million, which leaves a financial gap um, uh, quite large. So uh, I'm able, I've already got approved loan with the Bank of Springfield for $915,000. And I am going to contribute another $280,000, which leaves a difference of the $562,000 that I'm asking with TIF. Uh, it is a nine-unit residential uh, apartment um, constructing of two-bedroom and one-bedroom apartments. Five of those units will be ADA uh, compatible. So it ultimately passed. Moving on, next, some uh, measures on emergency passage. Here's the mayor. Emergency passage. Ordinance authorizing a purchase of 58 auto tobacco BIDT worn cameras from Axon Enterprises, Inc. in the amount of $405,086 and a total four-year contract amount not to exceed $724,001 for the Springfield Police Department for emergency passage. So they ultimately passed that on emergency passage, and I think the one reason is because uh, the Safety Act. (laughs) Safety Act, especially with the uh, provisions that Governor J.B. Pritzker signed, um, modifies the, the body camera law and ultimately says that uh, all police have to have body cameras by, I believe, uh, the summer of 2023. But they have to have on the books uh, essentially receipts that they are purchasing body cameras to get it all set up. So I think that uh, has something to do with why they had to put this on emergency passage with just three weeks left before the end of the year. Another measure up for emergency passage? contract with Axon Enterprises, Inc. for purchase of virtual reality goggles for training purposes for an amount not to exceed $161,625 over a six-year period for the Springfield Police Department for emergency passage. Some virtual reality goggles for police training. Here's uh, the police uh, talking about why they need this. Uh, The pricing that we're able to negotiate will expire uh, at the end of this year um, as a result of their fiscal switchover at Axon. So in order to get the reduced pricing, uh, we had to put it on emergency passage. All right, so uh, another emergency passage, and that ultimately did pass. On to new and unfinished business, Alderman Hanauer wanted to take time to recognize a local legend. I'd like to take this time to uh, congratulate the uh, Sacred Heart Griffin uh, uh, football team for winning state. Where They went 14-0. and um, They had some heart attack games that <laughs> took years off my life. And uh, I also would I'd like to take this time to congratulate Ken Leonard. He's ending his uh, uh, coach career uh, 30, I think it's 39 years. He's the uh, the uh, state winningest coach. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Alderwoman Purchase uh, chime, chiming in on uh, Hanauer's statements there. There's Thanks some excitement much. in it. <laughs>
What? I said, put some excitement in it. <laughs> ain't they first row of McDonald's? Yeah, thank you, Mary. Put some excitement into your comments, please. Put some excitement in. I will put some excitement into this one, but, you know, this, I think we would be remiss this evening if we didn't recognize this individual. Uh, this individual, although young at heart, is old enough to be my father. I'd like to wish Alderman Hanauer, if you will join me, in a happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Alderman Hanauer. <laughs> Not that much younger than me. <laughs> happy birthday. Nice. So there you go. That's your council meeting for last night. The council roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch. Also open for lunch on Saturdays. And don't forget about the